أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر أشهد أن لا إله أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أشهد أن محمد رسول الله أشهد أن محمد رسول الله حيا للسلام حيا نحمده ونصلي ونسلم على رسوله الكريم ما بعد فقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أصحابي كالنجوم فبأيه مقتديتم اهتديتم وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم في حق عمر رضي الله تعالى عنه هذا غلق الفتنة أو كما قال عليه الصلاة والسلام صدق الله صدق الله مولانا العظيم صدق رسوله النبي الحبيب الكريم ونحن على ذلك لمن الشاهدين والشاكرين والحمد لله رب العالمين Umar ibn al-Khattab radiyallahu ta'ala anhu just as his life was a blessing for this ummah and for humanity at large the demise and the passing away and the martyrdom of Hazrat Umar radiyallahu ta'ala anhu likewise was a great loss to the ummah and a means of many fitnas and many trials opening up upon this ummah on one occasion Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioned regarding Umar radiyallahu ta'ala anhu that this person is a severe door which will lock and which will close away all fitnas once Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam even prophesied regarding the martyrdom of Umar radiyallahu ta'ala anhu Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was on Mount together with Abu Bakr, Umar and Usman radiallahu ta'ala anhum and the mountain began to tremble, began to shake Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam firmly placed his mubarak feet on the, on the ground, on the mountain and he remarked, Usbut Uhud 
that O Uhud remain firm فَمَا عَلَيْكَ إِلَّا نَبِيٌّ أَوْ صِدِّيقٌ أَوْ شَهِيدًا For verily upon you there is only a Nabi or a Siddiq and two martyrs. So Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu Siddiq and the two martyrs referring to Umar and Uthman radiallahu ta'ala anhumah. Once Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu was seated with the Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhum and he asked them, which of you has heard regarding the trials which will come upon the Ummah from Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So Huzaifat ibn al-Yaman radiallahu ta'ala anhu remarks that I have heard from Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam this hadith. So Nabi sallallahu Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu tells him, إِنَّكَ لَجَرِي That you are a very bold person. That you claim to have this knowledge. Tell us what you have heard from Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So Hudhifat ibn al-Yaman radiallahu ta'ala anhu began to narrate those trials that a person will face, the challenges he will face as far as his personal life, where he will commit sins and the means to wipe away and cancel out those sins will be by him performing his salah, discharging zakat, sadaqah, by him commanding good, forbidding evil, etc. So Umar radiallahu ta'ala then said, I am not asking regarding these trials. But I am asking regarding those trials which will clash upon this ummah like the clashing of waves, which will come in close succession one after the other. And then he says, O Amirul Mu'mineen, La ba'sa alayka minha. You have nothing to be concerned regarding those fitnas. Because I have heard from Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that as long as you are alive, you are that door which has sealed fitna. As long as you are alive, those fitnas will not come. So Umar radiallahu anhu then asked, that will that door then be broken or will it be open? So Huzaifa radiallahu anhu said that door will be broken. So when... Hudhaifat ibn al-Yaman radiallahu ta'ala anhu narrated this hadith to his students. Then they asked that was Umar radiallahu anhu aware who this door was referring to. So Hudhaifat radiallahu anhu remarked that yes he was aware. And then they were inquisitive to know who this was referring to. And then he explained after being asked that this referred to none other than Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu. That he was that door to fitna. And as long as he was alive there was no means of this fitna becoming prevalent. So this demise of Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu was a great, uh, the life of Umar radiallahu anhu was a great protection of various trials. And when Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu passed away, then we had witnessed many many trials that come upon the ummah. So the incident prior to his martyrdom, that once the slave of Mughira ibn Shaba radiallahu ta'ala anhu, who was known as Fairuz Abu Lu'lu, he came to complained regarding his master Mughira ibn Shu'ba radiallahu ta'ala anhu and he complained that my master asked me to work and to pay him four dirhams every day four silver coins every day this he has imposed upon me and this is something very difficult for me it's beyond me to earn this amount so Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu asked him that what is your occupation what do you do to earn this money so he explained while concealing the other works that he also is involved in that I make handmills. So he then asked him how long it takes and how long and how much he makes when he sells it. Finally, after making some calculations, Umar radiallahu anhu then told him that this amount that your master has imposed upon you is very minimal and you should be grateful and you should discharge whatever is necessary upon you. But Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu, although he had told him this, he had made his intention in his mind that he will go to Mughira ibn Shu'ba radiallahu ta'ala anhu 
despite being, that amount being very minimal, he will go to Mughira ibn Shaba and request a concession for the slave. But this wretched person, after leaving, he remarked that the justice of Umar who has encompassed everyone besides myself. So from here the ulama explain that even this great enemy, even he gave testimony regarding the justice and the equal treatment of Umar towards his subjects. This was the justice of Umar So nevertheless, this person, Fayruz Abu Lu'lua, he now began to prepare to assassinate and murder Umar Before he could leave, while he was on his way leaving, Umar asked him that, can you please, please make a handmill for me, as I require one. So he remarked that I will make such a handmill for you regarding which the people of the towns will talk about in the days to come. So when he left, Umar addresses Ali radiallahu ta'ala who was beside him, that with some concern, do you understand what this person has said? He says, yes, O Amirul Mu'mineen, he has threatened you. Then Umar who remarked that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will suffice me on his behalf. Whatever intentions he has, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will take care of it. Now let us put ourselves into this position. Had it been any leader, any person of position, if this type of threat had to be even made, Forget about him being assassinated. He would have got that person killed. He would have got him assassinated. But despite being the Amirul Mu'mineen, having such authority, Umar radiallahu anhu places his full trust on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Full reliance on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Whatever is his intentions, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will protect me. Allah will safeguard me. Then Amr ibn Maymun radiallahu ta'ala anhu narrates, he says on the morning, it was the 25th or the 26th of Zul Hijjah. Today being the 25th of Dhul Hijjah, therefore this incident is being discussed. And it was the time of Fajr. Normally Umar radiallahu ta'ala before commencing the Salah, he would move about the rows, ensuring that the safs are arranged and there are no gaps in between. He then went forward to perform the Salah. And after, merely after making the takbir, he shouted out, Qatalani al-Kalb, that this wretched dog, this evil person has killed me. And... He, those that were close by, only those witnessed, those that had witnessed what had actually transpired, and those that were in the corners of the masjid, as it was dark, they could not see what was actually happening. They were shouting out, Subhanallah, Subhanallah. Umar radiallahu ta'ala then appoints Abdurrahman ibn Awf radiallahu anhu, he pushes him forward, and he briefly completes the salah. After the salah, while this person, Fayruz, was coming out, he had a dual-sided dagger and he had poisoned both ends and he stabbed whoever came, whoever was close to him, he had stabbed them. Thirteen sahaba he had stabbed. From them, seven became shaheed. Seven were martyred. Finally, one person managed to recognize this and he threw a hooded cloak over him. And after Fayruz realized that he was now caught, he then stabbed himself and he committed suicide. So after the salah, the sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhum then carry Umar radiallahu anhu to his home. And now Umar radiallahu anhu realized that his end is close. So he sends Abdullah ibn, Abdullah ibn Abbas radiallahu ta'ala anhuma to go and find out who was the person that had done this. So after finding out, he comes to Umar radiallahu anhu and he narrates to him, this is what happened. So Umar radiallahu anhu then praises Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he thanks Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that all praise is due to Allah, 
who has not made my death at the hands of someone who claims to be a Muslim. All praise is due to Allah who has made my death, not at the hands of someone who claims to be a Muslim. And then those that were visiting Umar radiallahu ta'ala now they began to become very concerned. Many people were concerned and worried. The wound of Umar radiallahu ta'ala was extremely deep. Such was the depth of this wound that he asked for some something to drink. Some... Some type of juice, which is normally prepared with dates, that was prepared, that was presented to him, and when he drank of it, that immediately came out of the wound. And when he was presented with some milk, then also after drinking it, it, it came out of the wound. Such was the depth of that wound. Now, seeing the deteriorating condition, the Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala were extremely concerned and worried. And many people began to grieve that this great leader of Islam is about to pass away and he now is going to leave this world. So because of this many people began to visit Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Abdullah ibn Abbas radiallahu anhu being the most close person to Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu. He says, when I came to Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu, then I began to give him glad tidings. That glad tidings from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you had accompanied Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and remained in the company of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam throughout his life. And together with that, you then remained at the side of Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu and then you were appointed as the Khalifa and you fulfilled this responsibility. Umar radiallahu anhu then tells him that if, forget about all these actions, if I am brought in the court of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and all my deeds have to just barely strike even, then I am happy with that. I have no expectation of anything greater than that. Then a youngster comes to Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu, and again he begins giving him glad tidings, that glad tidings for you, that you had accepted Islam in the early stages, and then accompanied Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and remained throughout the life of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, in his company, at his service. And then you were appointed as the Khalifa, the Amirul Mu'mineen, and you adjust and you fulfill this great responsibility. And now over and above that you have atta- you have attained this martyrdom. Again Umar radiallahu anhu makes the same statement. That I hope that my actions and my deeds will balance. And will strike even in the court of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's not in favor of me nor is it against me. Nor will I be held responsible. As this youngster was about to leave. Umar radiallahu ta'ala notices that his garment was below his ankle. Umar radiallahu anhu sends for someone to call him back and then he instructs him to raise his garment and then he says, فَإِنَّهُ أَنْقَى لِثَوْبِكُ وَأَتْقَى لِرَبِّكُ For verily this is cleaner for your clothing and it is a means of attaining piety of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Imagine in this condition, Despite such a severe wound, he did not leave out forbidding evil and instructing that which is good. At all times, this was the life of Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu. While in this condition, Miswar ibn Makhram radiallahu anhu comes to Umar radiallahu anhu. He finds him in a state of unconsciousness. And he asks those around him, that how is the Amirul Mu'mineen? But they tell him, he is as you see him. That is in a state of unconsciousness. Being the time of Salah, Mishwar ibn Makhraman radiallahu anhu instructs those around him, that wake the Amirul Mu'mineen up for Salah. For there is nothing more important that you can wake him up for, but Salah. Immediately, those around him, they say, As-Salah ya Amirul Mu'mineen. That it is the time of Salah, O Amirul Mu'mineen. Despite being in the state of unconsciousness, 
he immediately regains consciousness and he says yes there is no shay in islam la haqq fil islam liman taraka salah there is no right in islam for that person who has abandoned his salah and then he performs his salah while his wound was gushing with blood despite that condition such was the importance of salah the ulama explained that that became a means of reviving him from his state of unconsciousness that by alerting him that they brought him out of the state of unconsciousness such was his concern for salah if that is the concern that a person that umar radiallahu ta'ala had leaving this world what concern we should have as believers at every salah whether it be at the time of fajr or the time of zuhr whatever time it may be a person leaves out all his responsibilities and he abandons that laziness and he makes an effort to come to the masjid then ali radiyallahu ta'ala anhu enters upon amirul mu'minin umar radiyallahu anhu and he finds him crying so ali radiyallahu anhu then asks him that oh amirul mu'minin what causes you to cry he says i do not know what will be my condition whether i will be entered into jannah or i will be put into jahannam ali radiyallahu anhu then says that oh amirul mu'minin do not become concerned for there have been numerous occasions where I've heard Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam say that I and Abu Bakr and Umar did this I and Abu Bakr and Umar went to such and such place I and Abu Bakr and Umar were doing this you were in the company of Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam throughout his life and there are numerous occasions where Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam give testimony for you so Umar radiyallahu anhu then tells Ali radiyallahu anhu that will you give testimony for me in the court of Allah Will you be guarantee and will you stand witness for me to receive Jannah? Ali radiallahu anhu says yes and he says to Hassan radiallahu anhu was present that you also give testimony for the Amirul Mu'mineen that he will be granted Jannah. Then prior to his demise, he asked his son Abdullah ibn Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhuma to go to Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha and request her to be allowed to be buried alongside Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam and Abu Bakr radiyallahu ta'ala anhu and he gives him the clear instruction that when you go to her do not say that the amirul mu'minin requests for verily today i am no longer an amir for the believers so she he goes and Aisha radiyallahu ta'ala anha then gives permission when Abdullah ibn Umar returns Umar radiyallahu ta'ala anhu becomes very very enthusiastic to hear what was the response so he asked those around him to pick him up and then he asks what is the news abdullah ibn umar radiyallahu anhu says it is good aisha radiyallahu anha has permitted for you to be allowed to be buried alongside nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam and abu bakr radiyallahu anhu still not being content with that umar radiyallahu anhu then says that when i pass away then you should take my body and before you bury me wait outside the room and again seek permission perhaps maybe while i am alive she is concerned or she is afraid to give the decision so i should not usurp her right i should not be oppressive so when umar radiyallahu anhu passed away and he was about to be buried before entering the room in which nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam and abu bakr radiyallahu anhum were buried they asked for permission and permission was granted and finally he was buried together with nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam and abu bakr radiyallahu anhu with whom he lived his whole life on one occasion umar radiyallahu anhu made this dua Allahumma arzuqni shahadatan fi sabilik Wallah grant me martyrdom in your path waj'al mawti fi baladi habibik sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and make my death 
in the blessed city of your beloved sallallahu alaihi wasallam so this outwardly seemed like something impossible that one is martyrdom martyrdom normally would be achieved in the battlefield and then death in madina munawwara but allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because of his dua the sincerity of his dua and having full trust in allah subhanahu wa ta'ala full hope in allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on one occasion he even remarked that how will, how will it be possible for me to attain martyrdom and then he remarked and he said that being who has brought me from makkah mukarramah to madina munawwara that being can grant me martyrdom in madina munawwara also so having the trust in allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and asking from allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made that which outwardly seemed impossible, Allah made it possible. So like that in a person's life, many things he may have aspirations for. For example, to perform hajj, or some righteous deed, or some good deed. But outwardly, it seems like he does not have the means to fulfill it. But if he makes any, he makes dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he supplicates to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, while placing his full trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah will make that which is outwardly impossible, Allah will make it possible. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the ability to take lesson from this incident and to respect the Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhum. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.